Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1. There, say amen. amen. We should be able to quote it by the time we've done this, I guess, this verse. If you've missed any of these, you can go to the, the church podcast. I've been putting them on there. Uh, any service that you miss, you can go to there. She can't hear. I'm not sure. Uh, I've been able to hear on ours, so I don't know. Okay, it could be her device in particular. But if there is any, if you hear any feedback of that, let me know. I'm hoping to, to get some of this change where uh, it's actually not going through, um, plugged in going through, it's just picking up from a microphone that's within the computer. So um, anyway, let's tell people about it and we'll get them out there. So Proverbs 9 and 1, wisdom has builded her house. She had hewn out seven pillars. Back up one chapter. Chapter 8, Proverbs. And verse 12. Proverbs 8 and 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. Find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. In the evil way, in the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine. Sound wisdom, I am understanding, I have strength. Lord, touch us, bless everyone here today. Open our hearts, our understanding. Help us to build, God, on the things that you want built in our life, God. I just pray that you'd help us. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. Wisdom. This world needs wisdom. I need wisdom. Lord, I pray nearly every day, God, give me wisdom. God, help me to understand. I I pray as um, Solomon did when he took over the reins from David. God, give me wisdom and understanding to lead your people. We need wisdom. Wisdom is so important. We we live in the hour, the time, Brother Don, you look around, it looks like people sometimes just do some silly things. Specifically, our young people, because definitely not limited to our young people. Um, the word says that my people is going to be destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. And knowledge is important because it helps bring wisdom. Wisdom is what pushes you to get knowledge and know what you need to know. We need wise people in this hour we're living in. We want somebody who's wise to lead our government, right? No matter what you think about the president that's up there right now, we ought to pray that God gives him wisdom. Amen. Doesn't matter what you think about the governors and the leaders that's around us, you should pray God gives them wisdom. Doesn't matter what you think about me, if you're coming here especially, you should pray God gives me wisdom. Amen. Because I need wisdom. Anybody's at the helm of anything. Sunday school teachers, pray God gives them wisdom. Pray that God would give the bus drivers, the preachers, everybody's here in wisdom because we need wisdom. Today I'm continuing the series on the seven pillars of wisdom. We find that wisdom is not just a single individual thing. Wisdom is something that 
has many facets and parts about it. It's, it is a manifold. It has different areas that comes into it. It is built. It's what the writer said, Proverbs, the, the preacher Solomon, he said that it is a like seven pillars. It's like a woman building a house with seven pillars. There's a lot of different things to it. Wisdom, we, we talked about this every time. It's, it's the, the use of the exercise of knowledge. Does it no, do no good to have knowledge if we don't use it? Amen. It doesn't do me no good to know that there's a hole in the road if I'm just going to drive into it anyway. Knowledge lets you know it's there. Wisdom lets you know what to do with it. It's a choice of, of laudable ends. Like the best way to end things or, or how you want to see things end. It's, it's the best way of accomplishing stuff. Wisdom is knowledge in action. It's knowledge in effect. It's knowledge in, in practice of how you're using it. And this, I said a second ago, the text that started in Proverbs 9 1 talks about the writer says it's woman called wisdom building a house and it, it's, it's that house that she's made seven stones I'm not just going to build this wisdom with one thing but it's going to take many facets you couldn't just stick this building up with, with one wall supporting a corner in the middle you have to have many uh, joists and, and, and uh, uh, studs around the wall to keep it it takes a lot of things and it's just saying that hey I'm going to build it on something that's permanent you don't want something that's going to waver. You don't want something that's going to fall. So we see, she says she's going to build a house with seven pillars. And we backed up to verse 8 to see what appears to be the seven pillars. And we see that it's prudence. We talk about prudence and knowledge and discretion is the second one. Prudence is the first one. Knowledge and discretion is the second one. We talked about that the first week. And we talked about um, the next one was the fear of the Lord when we talked about last time. Amen. We need to fear the Lord alive. And then counsel and sound wisdom and understanding, strength and power. That first week we look at prudence. Prudence is just using our God-given sense that God's given to us. I'm not going to go through every one of them, but I figured I might as well back up each time and talk about them a little bit. So we'll be familiar with it. Or in case somebody knew come in and they missed it. They're not listening to the other sermons yet. But prudence is just using careful sense just using our common sense. And it's it's just a mark of that we have sound judgment and we know that's that first pillar. If we don't use just a good common sense, it's not going to do us no good to get on down the road. Amen. Amen. You might have the fear of the Lord, but if you don't have any common sense to use the fear of the Lord, it's not going to do you no good. Amen. Amen. We need that. You might have that knowledge and discretion, which is the second pillar that, that uh, we have. And you might... You might have knowledge and discretion, but if you don't use common sense of how to use that knowledge, I talked about the hole. You may have knowledge that the hole's there, but common sense is don't fall in it. Amen. And if you do fall in it, you don't fall in it again. You get out. If you fall in, you don't lay there. You get out of the hole. Amen. That's that prudence. That's what prudence is all about. It's handling practical matters and just exercising good judgment, good common sense. And the second one was knowledge and discretion. It's uh um, we, we can see that it dwells with that prudence. It goes together. That knowledge and discretion takes your common sense and it puts a plan in action. That's what that knowledge and discretion means is I'm taking the knowledge that I have with my common sense and I'm putting a plan of action together in my life. Amen. I've talked about it a lot through this. You know, it's like all of a sudden if you find yourself in a financial hole, 
You don't just keep spending like you've always spending. Use some common sense. Use some prudence. Put yourself together a budget. Budget yourself. Number one, pay your tithes. There won't be no good for any of it. But just use a good budget and plan how I'm going to get out of this. You can do it spiritually. You don't have a prayer life. All of a sudden, you don't jump down and start praying for an hour a day. You use some good prudence and common sense, and you put a plan together with the knowledge you got, and you start praying, and you start putting things in action. It means you just use good perception of what you're going to do. First pillar of prudence, it leads you to that second one of knowledge and discretion. And once you get those down, it brings you to that third one that we talked about last week, which is the fear of the Lord. And it it is so important that we have the fear of the Lord. Because true wisdom is firmly grounded in the fear of the Lord. And it, and it it's not the fear of what this world worldly wisdom is. Talked about a little bit earlier. We hear them voices in the past that told you that you would work with and you would nobody and you're nothing. And we need to understand that's not the voices I want to listen to out there. Because God created me. He's my creator. And I need to fear him. The scripture said, Jesus said, let's don't fear the one who's able to uh, hurt you. Basically paraphrase it. Hurt you on this earth. But let's fear the one that can destroy both soul and body in eternity. The fear of the Lord is very important in our walk with God. It's a significant part of living a victorious life. Because when I fear and I trust, because fear basically ends up being trust. And, and you fear what that fear basically ends up being, brother Don, is I fear that I'm going to lose my relationship with God. I'm going to lose that love and that relationship I have with Him. But when people don't fear that, you know, they become so familiar with God's Spirit and His Word and His church, they don't treat it any kind of way. And they, they lose their proper perspective of what God is and who God is. And, and they begin to act irrelevant around the things of God. And they can disrespect the house of God and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And they lose their lifestyle distinctive that make them who they are as a child of God. And they basically just lose respect for everything. We need God's fear. What that fear is, it's a fence that's put around us. And if we don't have that fear, Brother Donnie, we're open prey to the devil. Fear creates a fence around our life. And a fence is not always to keep things out, but it's also to keep some things in. Amen? So we talked about that. The fact that you will serve who you fear. And that's the importance when you come to the fear of the Lord. You're going to serve who you fear. If you're afraid of that person leaving you, well, you're only serving to them. You'll do whatever you got to do to keep them. But if we could be more afraid of God leaving us, and actually it's not God leaving us, we leave him. God's a fixed position. He's not going nowhere. That's why he said, come to me all your burden heavy laden. He said, you got to come to me. The father never left the house when the prodigal left. He stayed. The prodigal woke up to his senses hey, I left the father. I'm going back to him. He's a fixed position. we got to fear him. we got to make sure that we stay close to him. And that leads us to the fourth pillar that we're at today. And it is found in Proverbs 8.14. Done read it. I'm not going to read the whole, the whole verse, but just the very first part of it. He said, counsel is mine. Somebody say counsel. Man, counsel is important. Not everybody likes counsel. 
Amen. Not everybody likes it. Not at all. But counsel is important. It's an important part of wisdom. Nobody that you'll ever find that's wise is wise on their own. They're wise because they have built something around them that makes them wise. There is no... We, we look at some awesome men out there and ladies out there and you'll see that any of those, Brother Donnie, they're surrounded by people that has counseled their world. How many times have you heard Bishop White as he's preached? And he talks about what so much? His little short Bishop Johnson. About how that man impacted his life. It was his counsel and his work. He talks about so many other things, so many people. Counsel. What's counsel? Counsel means to give good advice, to give wise guidance. It also means to listen to counsel. It means to depend on one's own uh, to depend on one's own judgment, even um, in private matters. Let me back up and say this: to depend on your own judgment, depend on your own judgment. Even in matters of private things, it is the highest point of foolishness. With that cell in your mind, to depend on what you know and you only know is one of the highest points of foolishness. You see, even the wisest and godliest have made errors in discerning things. Right? They have. We've got to seek godly counsel. Instead of just our own counsel. It is a very biblical thing that I hope we'll see before I get done. And it is the fourth pillar that we're preaching about. With the, the seven pillars of wisdom. And it is so, so important. The wisest person doesn't do them any good, Brother Donnie. With, with this uh, um, using prudence and using knowledge and discretion. And, and using this uh, the fear of the Lord they have in their life. If they don't use some good, godly counsel in their life. And, and we can have good godly counsel when we uh, take a situation and we take it to the presence of God. We ask God to counsel us in prayer and through asking counsel from other experience, born again, children of God. And to God, you know, this is one of the names we find of God anyway. Isaiah 96. Right? He should be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Everything you see of that, that name of talking about prophetically who Jesus was going to be when he would come here and Hall goes with counsel. You're seeing the Mighty God, he's above everything else, so he knows. The Counselor, he counseling in anything. The Everlasting Father, the Creator, the the, the Prince of Peace, the thing that brings peace, the mighty God. He's wonderful. You see, when you look at the scriptures, David and his son Solomon both were extremely gifted in wisdom. Yet, despite having their own wisdom, they still sought the advice of wise counselors in their life when it came to specifically governing the kingdom of God. David's case, he had a Hithiel. And uh, 
Hushai, I guess is how you say them, they were his counselors. He turned to them. Solomon, in 1 Kings chapter 12, he speaks of the old men that stood before Solomon. So we should have no fear of going to others like your pastor or godly elders for advice and counsel in our life. I'm going to tell you right now. I text Bishop White often about situations. I text him and ask him, hey, I got this going on. What, what's your advice? I just, matter of fact, I sent him something yesterday and thanked him for some advice he gave me here a while back. And so just want to let you know that all that work and, and that person's doing well now. <laughs> and we should let people of influence, godly people of influence, be in our life. And we should be accountable to them. Elders and pastors, we should be accountable to them. You see, life is it's really just a it's just a continuous series of decisions that you and I make. Today we're standing in this building based upon decisions that we've made to get us to where we are today. And I know you may disagree, and this may even hurt somebody's feeling. But where you are in God and where you are in life is based upon the decision that you made that got you to where you are right now. The job you're working or not working is based on the decision that you made to get to where you are right now. We are in power of so much of our life, and our life is just made of decisions. But we're, we're not out there by ourselves to figure all this out by ourselves. God's given us direction for wise decision making. It's part of the, the pillars of, of wisdom. and It's part of it. It's counsel in our life. And, and, and he promises that he will give us divine guidance if we'll just listen to God. Do you know, I've asked God so many times to make reference to it here a while back. It's a particular job at work. I was, man, it was being a headache. And I just woke up that morning and said, look, God, I need you to counsel me in this. Show me how to get this job done out of my hair. That's what I was saying. In that day, somebody that, uh, he was, I got married June 20th of 1993. He was born on July 4th of 1993. Okay? I've been married as long as he's, I've uh, been married longer than he's been alive. And he just come up and just, hey, why don't you do this? That'll work. <laughs> You see, we, we got to be cautious because not all advice is beneficial, right? How many times have you gotten some advice you got done? You're like, yeah. why'd I do that? <laughs> that was stupid. I should have done that. <laughs> you see, we should have a goal that we should always seek godly counsel that will help us in finding the will of God in our life. See, that's what this pillar of wisdom is all about, this fourth one. See, let, let's look at a story here. It shows why we need godly counsel. And not just godly counsel, but godly counsel from elders in our lives. First Kings chapter 12, uh, the mentioned already, you'll find young King Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. He needed wise counsel. Solomon had been 
get them passed. And the, and the way it usually worked in the word of God is once the king passed, it passed down to one of the sons. And Rehoboam was standing, and shortly after he became king, the people of Israel came to him, and they began to ask and say, why don't you lighten the load that your dad put upon us? He put a heavy yoke on us that, that, that's hard to bear. See, Solomon, in his later years, he started turning to the women and all this other stuff, and, and Solomon put so much emphasis on his kingdom and everything, he kind of forgot what God did him way back when. And he put a lot of heavy burdens on the people. The elders who had served his father gave Rehoboam the following advice. He said, if you will be a servant to this people today and will serve them and grant them their petition and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. Would you catch what's going on here? I really hadn't thought about this. I got to study this. Is the elders who served uh, Rehoboam's dad, Solomon, must have looked around and realized what Solomon was doing to the people. No doubt they probably advised Solomon the same thing. Look, you're putting too much on me to back off from him. And they told Rehoboam, said, look, don't do what your dad was doing. He's killing the people. But Rehoboam also went to the young men who he grew up with and served him. They was his peers. You know what, you know what they done? They advised him. They said, why don't you just increase the people's labors? Increase taxes. Just proclaim to them your power over them. Now, man, I'm reading a really good leadership book right now. I'm reading a real good leadership book by John Maxwell. I advise anybody, if you if you want to be a leader, you need to read this book. And it talks about the five different levels of, of leadership. Number one is what's called positional leadership. It's, it's probably most likely your boss that's over you. You, know, you ever had the boss over you that... I'm your boss. You're going to do what I say because I'm your boss. Then I've had those that, you know what? I They, they knew this is my boss, but they also cared about me. See, this is what we're finding right here. We're finding this. It's like, oh, man, I've stepped in this leadership position. Look what I want to do. He took the counsel of his peers beside him that was just hungry driven. Instead of looking at the elders in his life, he said, look, son, your dad messed up. He put too much on the people. Tax them and he was starting to lose them. Back off on them. Let them know you care about them. Let them know that you're not just about uh, just putting heavy burdens on them, but you actually care for your people. That's what the elders was telling him, but no, he forsook them. And he took the advice of the young men and he spake, he spake harshly to the people. You know what happened? Rehoboam and the nation of Israel paid a high price because Rehoboam listened to the wrong counselors in his life. The kingdom split because he took the wrong counsel. The kingdom totally split. I'm telling you what, because one man decided to take the wrong counsel, the entire kingdom split. Counsel is important in your life. You see, our wrong choices may not have such a disastrous consequences that's real bone. But we do well today to learn from real bone's foolishness. Be very careful who we choose for counselors in your life. And the point of this fourth, fourth pillar of wisdom is you need someone in your life to help you make wise decisions. 
in heaven wisdom, this won't apply to us today. But you want to be wise and you want God to help you one of these days and, and people come to you and say, hey, give me some wisdom. You'll hear, hear me today. See, the goal in seeking wise counsel is to find someone who will tell you, tell us the truth based on what God's word says. You know what we need? We need someone who can tell us no and we listen to them. Somebody, you got enough confidence and you believe in and they can say, no, you're not going to do that. And you just say, okay, I trust your wisdom. Oh my goodness, I'll never forget when Brother Fuller told us no about going to Alabama. I'm thankful for today. I know what's going on in that church down there, but I know the pastor down there that's going to go try to help. He's not even there no more. They left two churches since then. Not even pastor no more. Thank God for a wise man at that time. So, with that said, how, how do we know? How do we identify somebody that's given us bad counsel? You got to understand something too, okay? The people you hang out with all the time, whether they're actually just you go to them. If they give you counsel, or you just hang out with them, okay? The people you hang out with influences you, and that becomes counsel in your life. You've got to be careful, okay, who you hang out with, because who you hang out with is going to influence you. You see, unwise counselors make little or no mention of this thing right here. The Word of God. If people are always speaking in your life and they never reference this, if you look around, the majority of people speak in your life, they never reference or talk about the Word of God, you better be careful with them speaking to your life because they're counseling your world. You see, their advice is, it would be based on what they think and not on what God thinks. You'll also find that those that are giving bad counsel, you know what? There's very little, if any, prayer in their life. You don't want to go to somebody and you just ask them a question. What do you think about this? And they'll say, well, you know, I really don't know, but this is what I think. You never hear them talk about, hey, let me pray about that and I'll get back with you. Or, you know they never pray. Right? Prayer is not considered to be very important to the world. Matter of fact, they'll even have a Defensive about using scripture as guidance. They'll just prefer to use their own senses and use, see, using the word of God is just, ah, that's old, that's outdated, we don't need that. And then their advice may sound and feel right, but it can actually violate what God says in his word. Any advice ever given to us, we need to go check it out with the Word of God. That's why it's so important. We got to know this. All right. And even if you know this thing inside out, okay, folks, I'm on my 17th time reading this Bible. 17th time. But brother David, I have still ran across things that that to in the Word I can't I can't find it. I can't figure it out. That's so why I, I went. The bishop many times. I went to other elders in my life and I, I said, look, man, I'm, help me out here. You see, the word of God has the answers to everything you'll ever face in life. 
But you've got to be able to dig it out. You've got to be able to know where it's at. Somebody's dug it out. Somebody knows where it is. The answers are there. You see, unwise counselors, are, matter of fact, they'll be critical of, of people who's leaders in church, of godly people. Unwise counselors, they, they don't like pastors. <laughs> they don't like elders in the church. You know, if you're hanging around somebody that's always talking about the pastor and the church and all that, and you're letting them speak in your life, you need to get rid of them. I'm not telling you to be mean to them, but just you need to withdraw yourself from them because they'll lead you down the wrong path. Because we need godly counsel in our life because it is an integral, important part to wisdom. You see, they'll they'll warn against uh, uh, listening to uh, pastors and all that. and they'll, They'll tell you, you know, well, you just... You read this and watch this or listen to this. Don't worry about that bad stuff. I will tell you, there's thousands of counselors in our culture. And many of them, they rely on resources that have nothing to do with truth and scriptures. And I know there's good, I know there's some good counselors out there. Don't, don't misunderstand. I know some good, good counselors. We need good godly counselors. We do. We need them. They're, they're educated by the Donnie and they've learned some things. I'm talking about some real counselors that you go to. They're educated marriage counselors and counselors that have kids and, and adults alike. But Brother Donnie, I'd be very leery about going to somebody that doesn't have some godly principles in your life. We've got we to recognize and realize that counsel has to be drawn off the word of God. It has to be based on this. See, a wise counselor considers what God says first and foremost for the God. And you can be careful because some people who's trying to counsel you, um, they may be trying to control you. It's, a, it's something that's called the spirit of Jezebel. That's what the spirit of Jezebel is. It tries to control you. Oh my goodness, I've dealt with that spirit so many times. Very, very prevalent in this area. People, I've seen them try to come into church. You know, it's the scripture said that led silly women captive. and It's that spirit that comes in and just tries to all of a sudden counsel, oh come to me and next thing you know, I've dealt with some of them before. I remember when I was going to start Bethlehem years ago, I had a particular some people that, you know, we had stuff that's supposed to be spiritual things going on, Brother Donnie, and posted, and you know, I'm, I'm letting counsel come in my life, and the next thing you know, I'm getting I'm getting upset at Brother Paul. I'm getting mad at him. All of a sudden I, I step back and realize, wow, I know what's going on. I'm hearing at this meeting every week them talking about my man of God constantly and all of a sudden this is getting in my spirit. You know what? It had me work one time. I, I don't I don't set the guys at work no more. We got a different group of guys but it had me work one time, Brother Donnie. And I, I'm blessed with a very good job. But I was sitting at the eating table with these guys that just, man, they constantly run the boss down, run the company down. The next thing you know, I'm getting dissatisfied. I'm ready to go find another. I'm not telling I got it made. Whatever they want, whatever I want, they do it. For me best they can. They're getting all kind of living. The next thing I know, I'm thinking, I'm telling my wife, Mom, I think I'm going to find me another job. And it just hit me one day. My goodness, I'm sitting with all these negative people. And without 
asking them, they're counseling my life and saying, no, this place ain't worth being at because blah, 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 blah. You to be careful. See, counselors, there's some of them out there, they try to create a sense of that you need me. You don't need that kind of counsel in your life. You can't make it without me. No, I can't make it without him. <laughs> I need God. I can't make it without God. If, if somebody's trying to counsel you to control you or, or move you away from God, that's not the kind of counsel that's going to bring the wisdom that I'm talking about today. We're called to trust God. We're called to, to, to heed to his word and to follow God's leadership. And if, if we trust God for our salvation, we trust a man of God for our to, to help preach us salvation. Can we not trust him or trust God to give us the right guidance in our life? Amen. See, the, I've been talking about, I want to say it again, the wisest counsel we can find is here in the Word of God. So therefore, I want somebody talking to me in my life who knows this. More than knows this, Sister Lisa, they have lived it. You know they are living this stuff. As a matter of fact, let me go beyond that. You, I know we need this, we need godly people in life, but we ourselves need this. We need to invest our time in learning scriptures and seeking help from, from uh, uh, those who know the word of God. And they can guide us to the right verses that we need or guide us to the right principles that we need in our life. And we need to avoid uh, uh, people that's going to counsel in our life that, that they don't or have ungodly lifestyles. And this, this, this applies to professionals and friends. Let me tell you, if someone's not living right, I doubt if they will be able to give us godly counsel. I seriously doubt they can. I've seen this so many times. This is something that drives me crazy. Some young girl looking for a guy in their life it specifically happens more with young girls. Some young girl looking for a guy taking advice from some 30-year-old woman that's never been married. Why? If you're looking for a good guy, why are you looking to a 30-year-old woman who's never been married? Go find you an aged woman who's been married for a while and say, look, you got a good husband. How do I get that? And I promise you, they can give you some good godly counsel. Amen. See, the problem with some people is they don't give you a godly answer, but they, they want to give you a way just to get out of it, to escape our problems, escape the pain. And I talked about the other night. Sometimes God may want you to go through that pain to teach you something. That's not easy to take. Well, you heard me talk about that beating my daddy gave when I was 12 years old. <clears throat> 12 years old, but that was a good counsel right there. <laughs> it counseled me a whole lot. You see, escaping our problems and pain might not be what God is desiring always. 
He may want us to walk through them to teach us some valuable lessons that we had learned no other way. He may want you to go through it instead of just delivering you out of it. Instead of looking for a way out, we should become so centered on God's word and so devoted to his will that we want whatever he desires for us, even if it's painful. And sometimes the answer we seek is not found. Running the guidance. Sometimes, Brother Donnie, we just really need to follow our needs. And seek God. I know there's sometimes I need I need bishop, my pastor. I need elders in my life. But sometimes it's, even when I ask, I said, look, you know, this, 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 this is going on. He said, well, son, this is something you're going to have to seek God about. And sometimes you just need that assurance from an elder in your life that says, hey, this is one you're just going to have to seek God about. And know that they're going to seek God for you. And sometimes, you know, you're seeking approval from people that just want your approval. And they're going to tell you anything they can. Because they know it'll make you feel better, right? It's a problem that happens when friends try to tell us by telling us what they think we want to hear. I'm going to tell you what a true friend is. Now, you're going to laugh and you're going to, it's going to gross you out, okay? But a true friend will tell you if you got a hanger in your nose, okay? You know what I'm talking about? If you got a booger kind of sticking out, a true friend will tell you, hey, you need to get that off now. <laughs> they won't let you just go out and get embarrassed. A true, friend, a true friend will tell you in a nice way, hey, man, that's, that's let me do that. <laughs> that that's going to that's cause you some problem there. See, that's why sometimes I get up here and say, today I'm not your friend, I'm your pastor. Sometimes you need you need a pastor. Kids, see it's a problem nowadays with kids and parents. Look, as long as your kid, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something. Your kid probably is never gonna be able to be your friend until they get married out of your house. Once they get out of your house and they realize they were right, then they may become your friend. But you listen to me. As long as that kid's in your house, as long as that kid's in your house, you can't always be their friend. You've got to be mama and you've got to be daddy. Listen, if, if you take your kid to the doctor and he's got 10 days of antibiotics, you're not doing your kid no favor by not making them take their medicine every day. Your kid comes in and they're dirty as a hog and they don't want to get in the bathtub and you just have a little go bed dirty because they're they they don't they want to whine and cry. Get, you're not doing them no favor by not making them get in the bathtub. You know what you're doing? You're teaching them bad habits they're going to regret one of these days and their spouse too. See, counsel's not always about being a what the world says is friend. A real friend is somebody who don't care to tell you. In a nice way. Hey, that that's no. You, you, you can't no, you can't do it that way. 
See, the problem is real counsel is the word. But the Bible says the word killeth. But spirit brings life. Listen to me. The word without the spirit can become a drudgery. Yes. It can become boring. Hear me out. The spirit without the word can become just excitement that will lead you to a uh, liberal life. But when you mix these two together, the spirit and the word, it begins to give you wisdom. We need the word mixed with the spirit. And we need the spirit mixed with the word. And that's why Jesus told them, I believe in the book of John, he said, I'm going to send you the comforter. And he's going to bring all things in remembrance to you. He's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And now all of a sudden, what the Holy Ghost is designed to do is become your conscience. Hear me. The conscience. What's, what's, what's your conscience designed for? The conscience is designed to bring you memory of the things that you don't learn. Like, okay, you have a kid that don't have a conscience. Why do you not have a conscience? He just keeps overriding what, uh, what he's been told and he just... It, oh, that's why he can steal that cookie and nobody ever care. Nothing I'm worried about. That's why he can. That's why a kid can walk up and spit into somebody's face. Now, I've had it happen. Kids come up and just spit in my face. I'm talking, my kid, that was my kid. I beat him. Or whatever. I'm saying him because I had it happen one time. I beat him. But my kid's got enough conscience, like, okay. What's conscious means is you're you're aware. Conscious is aware. You're aware that if I do that, there's something going to happen. There's consequences. It's going to happen to me. And that's what the conscious is designed for. And moms and dads can put good conscience in kids, and they can live good moral, good lives. But when it comes to the things of God, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, it becomes your conscience. It brings up the word of God. He said, I bring all things remembrance. All of a sudden, the word of God starts giving you a spirit check in your life. And it starts giving you sound counsel based on the word of God or based on what people have taught you. You can't override that, okay? Just because you get the Holy Ghost doesn't mean anything. But that, that's why we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And when we walk in the Spirit, He gives us inner warnings and checks. And and and, and we're and if we're heading in the wrong direction, thinking the wrong way, or, or we're making the wrong decision, that if that house happens, you know, uh, we the Holy Ghost will check us and say, Hey, hang on, maybe. Maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you should go check with your pastor. Maybe maybe you should go look in the Word of God. See, that's the ultimate counsel right there. The ultimate counselor. We can't have man religion, okay? We can't have God religion. But when God gives you religion, he also says you need counselors in your life. Godly counselors. Not just see that. Godly counselors. Counselors that's going to lead you the best way. See, counselors 
what the counsel we need in life is, is, is those who truly care for us and they, they seek to do what's best for us without regard for what they get from it. Okay? It's like if, if Brother Donnie all of a sudden fell down and he hit his head and blood's coming out of his hair and he's unconscious. But let's say Brother Donnie don't like nobody to touch his head. All of a sudden, I, I was like, well, I, I can't touch his head because he don't like his hair. Well, that's not what's best for him. I don't care what he likes right now. His head's bleeding. i got to do something to stop the bleeding. Alright? That, that's what I'm talking That's the point I'm trying to make. Sometimes it, even if they don't like it, but I know it's going to help them. I can... See, here, here's the problem with, with ungodly counselors in life. This is what happens. What, what, what's the consequences of going to an ungodly counselor? Well, we might make the wrong decision. I've been there and done that. We might be deceived. I've been there. We might fall into being controlled by that person. It may cost us financially. It could separate us from friends. I'm going to tell you, I've known some people who've been hooked up with people that is that that is has that. They're, you know, they're taking counsel from them and guidance from them. And you know what? We've lost, I've lost friendship from people because they got hooked up with the wrong people. It, it can cause you a problem in your marriage. It cause you to turn away from trusting God. And turn to a person instead of God. It, it'll encourage us to make decisions that goes against the word of God. Matter of fact, it probably will lead us astray and also cause you to lead somebody else astray. This this here is everyone's important. This is so important. There's in the scriptures there's abundance of counselors who can testify to how a man or woman should walk. Before, um, before God. You see, we're living in a generation of social media. That's a lot of people's counsel nowadays. Social media. We put a, we post something on social media, and maybe we don't get the response, or we get a response, and we let that dictate our world. We let. We let the news be our counselor. We let doctors be our counselor. We let our peers be counselor. I'm about to wrap this up today. But I said a lot. But let me back it up with some scriptures. I'm not using as much scripture today. But now I'm going to use some, okay? Proverbs 12 and 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Listen, it, it's good practice to always ask somebody to. I'm, I'm talking about big decisions, all right? Big decisions. 
Let me just throw this out there. If you just went through something major in your life, a death in your family, a spouse dies, a um, you know, or a divorce, don't you make no big decisions immediately after that. Listen to me. Don't do it. You wait. Especially not without first going to somebody and say, hey, I know um, maybe you got a few up here that's not married, but marriage is important. Don't just marry anybody. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, I've sat across the table for more and more and said, do not be married. No. Do it anyway. Yep. Good counsel found in, uh, made good advice here found in, in Proverbs 19 and 20. Hear counsel and receive instructions that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. Another version says it this way. Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. Listen, we we need counsel. We need, we can't, you can't be an island all by yourself. Okay, you just can't do it. You need people in your life. God designed us that way. We need each other. That's why, when, when he created Adam, he looked and said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created Eve. You know why I've done that? Because he didn't want to be alone. And nobody wants to be alone. I know. But you don't have to be. Counseling, it's another pillar of wisdom. It involves giving good advice it involves receiving good advice. I'm going to bring this to the next few minutes, bring this down to close with some good advice from the Word of God. So, some of you, if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, I may be off my rocker, and I'm crazy for things I'm saying, I want to give you a powerful example of why we need godly counsel in our lives. It's found in the book of Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 10, verses 13 through 14. It says, Saul, by who Saul is, the first king of Israel, Saul. Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not, and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of him, and inquired not of the Lord. Therefore he slew him and turned the kingdom to David, the son of Jesse. Now I'm going to say something that's going to make something y'all upset. But I challenge you to search it and find the scriptures. If you get up every day and you read your horoscope, stop. Stop. Okay? It is exactly what it says. It's horror. It's a horoscope. Stop. Yeah, it's witchcraft. Is that good? Yeah. Then things are coming about by, yeah. Stop.
See, yeah, you're right, brother. That's what it's all about. It's familiar spirits. If you're if you're looking, that I'm, I'm again, I'm gonna say something like gonna make you upset, somebody. If you're down and out and you're looking for something to pick you up, don't go looking for a, a country rock and roll song that's gonna no stop no. Okay. Go find a good old Texas. I got. He said something that really impressed me yesterday. He said, "There's a song IBC sings." He said, "Man, there's a part that's not a love song when it says this." He said, "He said when they start singing about there's a song that you can sing that the angels can't understand." IBC's got a song that says about that because we can be redeemed and. They can't. Listen. Listen to me. What, what you said in front of you, you're watching, it's counseling. What you're listening to, it's it's feeding you. It's counseling you. Okay, I'm just a stupid old man. I'm 47 years old. I'm stupid. Whatever. I'm telling you what. I've seen more than one life destroyed for this kind of stuff. You got to be careful what you hear, what you listen to, what you read. You see, when David began to write the book of Psalms, look how he started it. I know Psalms is a collection of a lot of things, but listen, listen, the very first thing, Psalms 1 and 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, you know what his delight is? Is in the law of the Lord. In his law that he meditate day and night. He shall be like, and this is what he says. Look, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. He said, you're going to be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. And bringeth forth his fruit in this season, his leaf. It shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth, it shall prosper. See, counsel is an important part of wisdom. And without it, our walk as a child of God will be bumpy. Life's bumpy enough anyway, folks. Let me tell you what. If I'm driving down an old bumpy road I've never been before, and I'm not sure what's ahead, and I see some old man sitting there on, on, on the side of the road, and I'm trying to figure out where I'm going, if that man's got a house sitting there, he's probably didn't live there a while. He knows what's going on. I don't care stop Hey, man. What's ahead of me? Us guys, we're bad about it. I'm not lost. So where I'm at right now. Right? I'm not lost. I just don't know where I am right now. I've said that too many times. A few more scriptures I'll be done today. Counsel. We need godly counsel. It's a pillar in our life. It's a pillar. It's something very important. Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But the multitude of counselors are established. Our purpose can get very disappointing without counsel. You know why? Because you may think you got a purpose, you may think you got a passion for all this stuff, but you're going to get knocked down. There's going to be somebody come along, they're going to knock you to the ground, and you need somebody that's been knocked to the ground before to come say, "Hey, man, this is how it is sometimes." But you get back up, you can do. This is what you need to do. See, that didn't work, but let me tell you, this right here will work. I've been down that road. I've tried that. Or I, or my bishop's done that. I've seen him do it, so I learned from him, so I didn't do it. See, I'm just telling you, 
You can't do this by yourself. I'm going to tell you right now, I've sat with awesome men of God and I have picked their brains and said, hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? I went to Apostolic Conference several years ago with David Shadow. You ever heard him? He's an incredible man of God. One day, Brother Don, he got up and just preached. He said, I'm just going to preach this today. He said, you might not think it's no big deal, but this is it. I'm going to preach on, uh, on these 11 things. He said he was evangelist for years and he'd just go out and he'd preach and he'd sit down with pastors. He said, I want you to tell me something that's going to help me one day when I'm pastor. You guys need to go back in and come here and sit down and be quiet. Man, ain't that long, man. I'm almost done. Just going to come one more, one more scripture. We need people in our life. You need God to counsel. How does that come? Well, texting is a good way. Find somebody that you can text and say, hey, I'm going to bounce this off of you. I'm thinking about doing this. Is this a good idea? Phone calls work. Hey, pick up the phone. Get in your vehicle, go visit somebody. Hey, sit down and say, look, I'm considering doing this. What, what's your idea? What do you think? Now, I close with this. Proverbs 11, 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. Now listen to how he says this one. This is powerful. But in the multitude of counselors, notice it's not saying counsel here. It's saying counselors. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. With a pillar of counsel, there is safety. I love Bishop White the bottom of my heart, and I trust his word. I do. But Brother David, there's been times when I've said something, and he said something that's like, know about that. So then I find another good elder in my life, and he tells me the same thing. But I go to another one. And he tells me the same thing. And then you know what happens? I listen. And then when it's all said, Brother David, when it's done, Brother David, and I back up and I see how it unfolds, and I realize that's why. That kept me safe. But folks, we just haul off and do some things and we find ourselves in trouble. Come on, if you're questioning some things in your life, you need to go to some good godly counsel in your world. Because this is a pillar of wisdom. This is a part of wisdom that it only comes with time. The day I used to look up, I remember Sister Fuller saying it all the time. She said, you young preachers, you young preachers. And now that I'm standing, and I am 22 years removed from when I started preaching, and I just have to realize, I'm getting older. I've been down just a few roads. I went to my brothers and preached not too long ago, and I had one of my wife's cousins um, was there, and she hadn't heard me preach in a long time. And she was saying, I, I didn't know I didn't know you could preach like that. I said, Well, you hadn't heard me in a while. I've been down a few roads since you've heard me. <laughs> the experience is it's, it's important. Stand out, I'm done. I've been too long, but it I'm down. Fourth pillar of wisdom is counsel. Find you some people. Now listen to me. Let me give you some advice. Let me do some counsel for a second. As far as godly counsel in your world, pastor, you need pastor. 
If you consider me your pastor, I'll try my best. I'll try to never tell you anything that's not Bible-based or experience Bible-based. I understand that. But you need elders. You need some people who bounce off some things. But if their stuff doesn't back by the Word of God, or if there's somebody else you're going to turn into counsel that goes against, that's trying to tear you down from your man of God, your pastor, you don't need that in your life, do you? Be good, godly counsel. Can come in many forms, folks. Books. Find you some good books that some elders has written and read them. The Bible. Inspirational songs. People's wrote. They'll speak to your heart. There, there's some sermons I go to just every once in a while. I have listened to them. I don't know how many times. The tragedy of the wounded spirit. Brother White. Or Brother, Brother Chapel. Um, there's an old, old tape I've got. His name's T.L. Smith. I know the man's alive. Many one time. Old prophet, elder prophet. It's called Fresh Oil. I pull out the old tape player every once in a while. I just listen to it. It's godly counsel from days gone by. Between the challenge and the change, Bishop Bible. Just go back to them things. Just. You need that in your life to really become the person of wisdom God called you to be, us to be. That's what we need. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Asking God that you would open up doors in our life that we could have godly counsel in our life. We know that the multitude of counselors are safety, God. Help us to put that safety net in our life, God. We could be counseled, God, from those that need to counsel us, God. And reject those, God, that don't need to be in our life. Help us be men and wis- men and women of wisdom, God. We love you. We thank you, God. We know that there's great things ahead for us. And help us to stay within the bounds of your counsel that we can grow in wisdom and knowledge. And instructions, God. We love you. I thank you. and give you praise for Jesus. Wonderful name of Jesus.